0: This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast, where we explore life and faith through the lens of one question, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Caleb, and I'm joined with our co-host, Mr. Jordan Rubin. What up? (laughs) (laughs) We're here. Yeah, I hope you guys are having a good time today. Uh, You're having a wonderful day. It should be Monday morning by the time you're listening to this. It is Tuesday evening when we're recording this so you got this you know, we're doing this about a week ahead of time um and i just found out that jordan didn't listen to yesterday's podcast
1: oh no jordan <laughs> needs to go back and do his homework right. but jordan does have uh, about six and a half days to do that five and a half days does have six five and a half days to do that <laughs> he does have time so maybe jordan will have done That's that right. by the time this episode by the time you're listening to this you'll find out next week
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. so anyways i hope you're doing well Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are in the, we are in a series, a brand new series called new Christian. Now what? the series is all about helping new Christians understand the best next steps that they should be taking after they become a Christian. It's it, the series is literally all about answering this question. Like I'm a new Christian. Now, what do I do? And that's what this series is all about last week we talked about the first thing that you should be doing when you become a christian is asking yourself one question who is jesus to you who is jesus you can learn more about that in the last episode but that is the most important step that you should be taking because if you don't even know who jesus is you've already you don't even know what he means to you even if you're not sure how you feel about jesus just just understand what you think about who jesus is where you stand on that question. You can learn more about that in last week's episode, but that's the most important thing or else everything else kind of set, you know, you'll start off on the wrong foot and be set up for failure. Uh, And so this week we are going to be talking about the second step in this series, which is to know the importance of prayer, to know the importance of prayer. I'm really excited for what we have going on today, really excited for this episode. And I really hope You all learn so much from it. (laughs) (laughs) John Cena. (laughs) Wonder what my sportscaster radio voice would be. Your
1: sportscaster radio voice.
0: I would just have to come in excited every single day. Guys, did you just hear about the, the the score of what these guys did? They just nailed it. That score was just unbelievable. He shot that basket and hit that home run, and it was just crazy. He shot the basket and hit the home run in the, the in the same game. Same day. <laughs> and then he kicked the soccer ball through the field goal. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. What an all-around guy, right? Perfect Quidditch player. That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Um, So anyways, uh, I haven't even asked you yet. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awful. No, no, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I I didn't really sleep a lot these past couple days, but I did get to take a nap today, which was awesome. And uh, it is important to feel well-rested. You know, we always have this, like, grind mentality that's like, oh, you don't need sleep, you just need two more cups of coffee and you'll be fine, but... (laughs) But actually getting, like, good sleep, it's a, it's a unique feeling of actually just being well-rested and calm and in the moment. Yeah.
0: That's really how I feel. That's good. That's good. We actually, um, I mean, you probably haven't even heard it, but we actually have an episode on rest, like, how to actually rest. And we talk a lot about how we don't have a proper understanding of rest in this country. We think rest is, I'm just going to watch TV, I'm going to watch a movie, whatever. That's actually not rest. No, like, your mind's what? actively, like, listening to the yeah. episode. It's like those... Watching TV and watching movies, like those, those are entertaining. Like those aren't bad, but it's not rest. Rest is when you slow down, and like reading a book would be considered restful. Like sure, you're keeping your mind engaged, but it's at such a slower pace that's that's kind of drifting your mind into a little bit more relaxed. Like there's a reason people read before they go to bed. Um,
1: Right. And you're not looking at a screen either.
0: screen that's affecting your eyes, which is going to your brain and all this stuff. You're just, just you and the paper and you're engaging your imagination. But the more you do that, it actually drifts you into a sleep. Right. Which is like when you're sleeping and dreaming, that is a hundred percent your
1: imagination. Like, like I was telling you, like I had a dream last night that I was still in college and I was taking a history class and. I woke up too late for my final exam that I hadn't been studying for, studying for, and I hadn't been going to class for three weeks, and it was a whole struggle. And then I woke up to realize that I have not been in college for three years, and
0: that was not real, and it was a huge sigh of relief. Have I told you about the best prank I've ever done? No, you have not. I'm not a prankster. Like I'm never. I'm not really the kind of person who does pranks. But in this case, case, I I saw the moment and I seized it. So I was in college, and we were in this. I was going to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and we were in our, in our new Testament survey class. Yeah. And so this is like one of the largest classes, like a basic freshman class. So there's like a bunch of students. Like, I I mean, well over maybe 200 students in this room. Maybe. Is that right? I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know. There's a lot of students in this room. And so a lot of students in this room It's a classic college, like what you would expect a college classroom to look like. You could easily get lost in the crowd. And so, Students fall asleep in that class all the time, you know, especially if you sit towards the back. And so me and my friend, we are, we're sitting towards the back and he's out. Like he's straight up. Like snoring during class. Like almost there. Oh my gosh. Like not loud, but I can, he's definitely, he's, he's getting there. And so I, I don't know what possessed me. Maybe it was like someone else gave me an idea. I don't even remember where I got it from, but I just suddenly came to my mind as he's sitting there sleeping. And by the way, the professor at the time—what is? So he, bless his heart, but I mean he was one fart away from being with Jesus. Like, <laughs> like well, he's a wonderful man. I love that professor. He was so much fun, and and he was the, This is literally how old he was. He, my grandfather, had him as the as a professor when he was at that college. Okay, no, I think you did tell me this. Did I? So he, this guy is so old. My grandfather had him as I think he was I think he was like an assistant professor or something. Right. But he was there as a, on staff while my grandfather was at college. And so, <laughs> so my friend's sleeping. The professor's going. He's talking, and I just I just sit there and I look at my friend and I lean over and I tap him. I go, dude, dude, Doctor Marty wants you to pray <laughs> without missing a beat. God, we just thank you for this day, and we just want to so ask you, just give us <laughs> our sins. He, he just goes on this <laughs> <run> full <of> prayer. <laughs> everyone's dead silent. Dead, like everyone's just like, "What is?" God? And the professor's like, "Okay." Like, so he finally he goes, finally finishes prayer. He's like, "God, and we just thank you, Amen." And he slumps back in the chair. And the professor um, was like, "Anyways, so- <laughs> let's just continue <laughs> our lecture." He didn't even like. It was probably one of the funniest pranks I'd ever done. That is hilarious. And. And he legit fell asleep. Did not realize it was a prank. Yeah, he did not even know it was. It was wonderful. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a proud moment for sure. Good times. Good times. <laughs> so that being said, we're talking about prayer today. Yes, great <laughs> intro to that. Great segue. I don't know, I don't know if what prayer looks like to you. I don't know if you ever even heard of prayer. Um, because again, like this series is for people who have have are new to Christianity. Like you're you're a new christian you may have never heard of jesus you may have never heard of church you may have only like you may have only heard of jesus through either someone on the street or maybe a conversation with a friend you know literally barely anything about christianity or what it means to be a christian and so i don't know what your thoughts are on what prayer is but prayer is you know it's not just in christianity Prayer is all in all religions every religion has their idea of what prayer is Every religion and every uh, belief system has prayer. It's this idea of praying to a a higher being. You're trying to, in other cultures and other religions, prayer is merely petitions. You're literally asking for, you're just, it's essentially God has become a magic genie. And Mm -hmm. you're just, you know, you're asking for your deity's favor And you're asking for their favor upon you with, you know, back in the ancient days, it would be your, you would sacrifice a goat or something. I don't know what exactly what, how their sacrificial system worked, but in the, in the Greco-woman world, for the Greeks, they would sacrifice like a goat or something. And they would pray to Demeter, who would be one of the, the Greek gods of their day. And it was the goddess, uh, or the Greek goddess of agriculture. And if you were a farmer, you would pray to Demeter, asking for favor that they w- she would send rain, or that you would have good crops, that you'd have good harvest. Um, you know, there you would have different people. You would have um, if there was let's say thunderstorms or whatever, and you were in Egypt, you would pray to Ra, who's the God of the sun. You you want the sun to come out for some, some reason. Like you had these different gods that you would all be asking for things that you want. That was kind of just the point. It was all about feeding the selfishness within people. That's what prayer originally was for many religions. And that was what set judaism apart from the rest of the world now we're talking ancient world so this is why i bring up judaism because christianity doesn't come about until 30 35 a.d something like that um so around 35 a.d maybe 40 a.d is when christianity first comes about and before and christianity is just a it became it came out of judaism and so for judaism even then this is where prayer was so different prayer was was set apart from the rest of the world it wasn't you just you would go to god and you would ask for things but it was more than that prayer was was about having a relationship it was about having communication it was about upholding a covenant it was about many things not just asking for things that you want it was about prayer is more about reflecting on who God is, it was about more about thanking God for who he is and how he is constantly having this relationship in this covenant with you. Um, and so prayer it has been around for centuries and centuries. And so I don't know what your thoughts are, but to, to make it all, break it all down today, what we want you to know is that, you know, last week we talked about the first step, the first thing that you should be doing as a new Christian is asking yourself, To me, who is Jesus? Ask yourself that question. Who is Jesus? Right afterwards, the second most important thing is to understand the importance of prayer. To understand the importance of prayer. So, uh, in your own words, Jordan, what would you say is what is prayer
1: yeah so like what is prayer prayer is your um is basically talking to god and i don't want to make that any more complex or, or really narrow it down anymore it's really you're just talking to god you're talking to jesus you know the father the son and the holy ghost all at the same time the three in one and we tend to to look at that like we've already identified who is jesus that was you know go ahead and listen to that last episode to identify who is jesus to you this is you talking to jesus like having conversation with jesus like talking to him hey this is how my day has gone this is what i want this is what i'm struggling with this is what i'm tempted with but i'm not simply reaching out and asking hey can you do this for me you know i want this make it happen no no magical genie or nothing um you're just reaching out and saying jesus like your will be done like you know i understand you have a perfect plan and, and am i doing enough for you in my experience that's where the true pleasure of being a christian comes from is not just saying hey you know i'm happy now and i'm saved it's hey i want to be able to give back i want like jesus's sacrifice wasn't just for us to be happier and live better it was set as an example for how we should live our lives too like that ultimate sacrifice like that is uh, is where the true pleasure comes from that's what prayer really is is like hey god i'm coming to you i'm struggling i don't want to do x y and z i'm really struggling with a b and c like just remind me that you're here
0: like stay with me through this process get me through today something as simple as that in the beginning when you read when you read scripture and we'll talk about that later when you read scripture one of the most basic things the bible is trying to get us to understand Is that one of the the basic problem with humanity is that we are selfish. It's all about what I want and what I need, what feels good to me. And that, you know, and the the enemy tempted Adam and Eve to bring evil into this world, bring that selfish nature, that evil, uh, what we call sin, that brokenness into the world that happened because he tempted them to be selfish, because the enemy tempted Adam and Eve to be, and that, that curse is within every single person. It curses the entire planet. And so you actually, I find it ironic that you see that reflected even in the world religions, uh, in the ancient world. It was all about fulfilling what I want, what I need. And so prayer, what's different about you know, Judaism and now you know, Christianity, which where you come into play, it's less about what you want. It's less about fulfilling your needs and your wants, though that does come into play, it is important. God wants to know what you want. But it's so much more about the relationship between you and God. And it it, it, it's it's bigger than just you. It's it's now about you coming together with this wonderful, wonderful, loving, gracious, powerful, sovereign God who wants to have a relationship with you who wants to grow closer to you, who wants to, who wants to build a life with you. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. And to be involved in every area of your life, you would have to have conversation with that person, or else are they really involved? So yeah, com- prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is conversation with God. And so now the next question that we would ask If that is prayer, the question is, why should I pray? Why should you pray? Why is it really important that you should start making prayer as something that is part of your everyday life? So, Jordan, why do you think prayer is important? Well, we talked about who is Jesus. And, you know, the typical
1: answer to that question is Jesus was a person. You know, he is God in the flesh. Uh, He brought us the Holy Spirit and is there with us every single day. And then we've also defined prayer as conversing with this all-powerful, Almighty God. So if you're not conversing, you're not building that relationship with a person. Like, what if you're married, right? Like maybe someone—I guarantee some of you listening to this are married or have been married before. Um, what if you just went, you know, a month without talking to your spouse, like not, not even saying, "Hey, how's your day?" Like just no contact. That's not going to last very well. That's going to be extremely unhealthy. Um, It's the exact same way with your relationship with Jesus, you know, arguably even more important because this is the most most important relationship that you can have in your entire life is that relationship with Jesus. So like choosing not to pray really does actually have, you know, long term can really wreck your faith and put a lot of damage on it because you're choosing not to talk to God. You see, we all we all face struggles and difficulties as we go about our daily life and, and a lot of these things that you can't even plan for like, you know You wake up one day and you There's a huge accident on 285 in atlanta and now you're stuck in traffic for two hours That wasn't what you had planned. You didn't wake up that morning thinking. Oh, i'd love to be stuck in two hours of traffic So what do you do? That's something that just comes your way That's just an example and things like that happen every single day and you know when you're you're become reactive instead of proactive then you just start living based off of well i didn't want to sit in this traffic i didn't want to do this instead of being proactive and praying and saying god i don't you know in my limited human understanding i don't know why you made me and everybody else here get stuck in this traffic but you know i i trust that your will is going to be done and there's like an extreme power to having faith like that yeah i was listening to uh to louis new book louis giglio's new book it was don't give the enemy a seat at your table talking about i hope i don't say this wrong but i will look it back up it was don't um having an if then relationship with jesus or basically saying that i will i will pray and i will be a christian and i will serve the lord if i get what i want that's the wrong way to go about prayer the right way to go about it is saying you know even though like regardless of how difficult my life has been regardless of how difficult my current circumstances are i'm going to choose to continue to have faith and by continuing to act in prayer you will build that faith and as you continue to have that faith it's you know so much easier to go not just go through life but to truly enjoy it and to truly live um through serving jesus Mm -hmm. It's it's part of our selfish nature, which, as you talked about, like you know, at the very beginning, the dawn of creation, and this is where you kind of go with the argument of like, oh well, if the ancient Egyptians had gods from 5,000 years ago, like, and Christianity was only around in the year zero, like, how do we know that that's the true God? And then you talk about like that selfish nature has been in us since day one. You go to Genesis, I guess Genesis three was when, um, or was it four? No, it was Genesis three when. uh the serpent tempted Eve, and then Adam and Eve both ate from the tree. Like that was their selfish desire. They wanted to be like in that moment when the serpent said, oh, this will make you stronger than God, this will make you better, this will make you all knowing. And they were like, oh, heck yeah, I want the power. I want the things. And uh, you know, humanity, like even look at today, like that has still not gone away. We We all are selfish. Like how many people have done, you know, you know, really questionable, you know, immoral things because, oh, there was a monetary benefit of it, or I was going to be able to, you know, or even maybe you had good intentions, like, oh, I'll be able to make a lot of money to be able to save my, you know, (laughs) the one thing I'm thinking about is that scene, and this is just how my mind works, I'm thinking about Spider-Man 3, the uh, Tobey Maguire, the original Spider-Man, when the guy who ended up, you know, who was the true killer of Spider-Man's uncle was like trying to rob that that guy and like take the money so that he could save his daughter who had like a medical condition. So even though your morals may be good, that's not having faith in Jesus. That's having faith in money. And even that's just an example of taking it into your own hands. I need to get that money so that I can help my daughter. And that's, you know, that is not how the Lord intended us to live.
0: That That's trying to get that instant gratification. Yeah, I like that. I think one of the other things just to add to that why should i pray because without involving god in your thoughts all you're left with is you and you fail yourself every time mm-hmm. you know when i don't know what your world looks like but for me like i've struggled with you know chronic depression and anxiety my for most of my life and my mind being left to my own thoughts is like my worst nightmare because it'll just, it'll drag me to the worst place possible. I'm my worst critic. I will jump to the worst case scenario. I will assume everyone is against me or out to get me or everyone wants me to fail. Like it's just me against the world. So I'm just constantly looking for ways to be cynical. You know, I have a hard time trusting people. Um, So it's like all of these things I am against myself. So without God who is for you and all you're left with is you who's naturally against yourself you're in a losing battle whereas when you when you pray when you talk to God when you take the time to talk to him and cast your cares to him you're involving someone who is for you and someone who wants something greater for you and who has the power to empower to who has the power to to help something be greater for you like he has the power to shape you into something greater he has he literally has all the power in creation because he created everything he is the creator he is the beginning and the end you know in the very beginning god was and is and is to come like in the beginning there was god John 1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah, you know, the, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He was there day 1. If there's one person you can trust, it's the person who's been there the entire time. Yep. We know this is we know we know he will always be there for us because he's always been there for us and he promises to always be there for us. Like he's he's consistent. God is for you. And you know Romans 8:39 says that if you chose to follow God, if you chose to to believe in Jesus and you chose to to you know become a a Christian, it says that nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing in all of creation. God is for you. And so why should you pray? Because it, without God, you're in a losing battle against your own thoughts, and you can, and, you know, obviously, you can work to have positive thinking, you can work for your, you know, you can work to improve your thought life, I'm not going to deny any of that, like, there are people out there who are atheists, who are great at, like, positive thinking, and helping being pure, you know, sure of themselves, and all these things, but at the end of the day, there's still a piece of you inside of yourself, that is, that is not only you focused but their very same piece of yourself will long to deceive you and drag you into brokenness. Like that's, that's the, the selfish nature inside of you. That's its end game, is to drag you into brokenness. And it will do that by deceiving you and making you const, temp, constantly tempting you with being you focused. With being so desiring what you want and what you think is right, that selfish nature, and it's going to deceive you, and it's going to be tempting, and it's going to make you feel like it's for you, but in reality, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. So yeah, I would say that's why you should pray, is because God is the one who's for you, and most of the time, you are the one who's you are against yourself, you know god wants you to thrive god wants you to live life and have have life and have it abundantly and in to have that life that that abundant life is found in him and he wants to guide you to this place that helps you realize who you were created to be and that only happens when you're in conversation with god like jordan said if you were in a relationship with someone and you just decided to not talk to them for a month or however, let's say you never even talked to them in the first place. Let's say you just, you know, sent them a text and you yeah. said, hey, uh, you want to be my girlfriend and or boyfriend? Thumbs up this message for yes. Thumbs down this message for no. And then you start dating, but then you never talk to that person. You don't have a relationship. Right. In fact, like they're not going to think you have, they have a relationship with you. Like relationships are built on communication. And so in the same way, God wants a relationship with you. And so to build that relationship, you should talk to him. one of the things that we me and Jordan we were actually talking about before we started recording uh because originally this series part two was going to be about diving into scripture and and getting yourself a bible and and the importance of scripture and understanding the bible and so we brought up in this conversation what was the idea of like okay so well I this I decided last minute I said you know what actually we're going to flip it it's going to be prayer first then bible so spoiler alert next week is about the bible yeah um, so but he asked me like why why are you flipping it and the reason is because let's say every can let's say the conspiracy theories are true and the country's gonna turn into some communist nation and whatever you know oh that's definitely true <laughs> look <laughs> it up <laughs> so let's say that let's say it all happens and all every you know hardcore patriot's worst dream comes alive and this world becomes a backwards communist nation and they're hunting down and slaughtering christians and let's say every single bible in the world has been burned and destroyed would you still be a christian yeah because the bible yes the bible is is holy and reverent and we're going to talk all about the bible next week and why it's important but god is not God, is, take this within context, within context, people, before someone slanders me for heresy. Um, God is not limited to the Bible. I'll let that sit for a second. <laughs> yeah, I think that. That sounds very tense when I, even when I say it, even when I, when I hear myself say it, I'm like, <laughs> but that's because of theology and stuff like that.
1: But I think what, what you're saying is you can read the Bible without having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, like you, People you do it all the
0: time, like can, study the Bible but don't believe it and have that relationship with Jesus. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah, that exactly. And the point is that if everything, if every Bible, God existed before the Bible was written and if all the Bibles in the world were destroyed, God would still reign and would still be in control. The question is, how would you connect with that person? You would pray. Right. So so that's the kind of logic I went with this and going first, who is Jesus, then prayer because it goes with bare necessities. Like at your bare necessities, you could still be a Christian, still be saved and not have the Bible, but you would still want to grow in your relationship with God. So you would need prayer because people can take away your Bibles, mm-hmm. but no one can take away your mind. No one can take away your thoughts. No one can stop you from thinking about God and thinking and praying to him in your mind. They can try to they can try to control and and poli- put policies around your words and what you say. Uh they can take away your freedom of speech, but they can't take away your freedom to think. They can't take away your freedom to pray. And so, yeah, that's that would be why we did that. The other reason and this is the one that kind of just hit me right before we started recording and I don't know why it just hit me though because This is something I've been talking about for a while, but in a different context. So when you became a Christian for the first time, um, something really beautiful happened. I want to read from the book of Romans real quick to kind of emphasize this. Book of Romans says, chapter six, starting in verse one, says, well, then should we, you know, we've talked about this last week, actually. So we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in Jesus in Christ Jesus in baptism we joined him in his death for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father now we may also live new lives want to read one more passage for you and um you may have heard this before um, that's not the passage, by the way. <laughs> what translation was that? You know, I'm pretty sure that was um the message, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse seventeen it says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ When we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The emphasis is on verse 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Other translations says, When you are in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the old life is gone, and a new life has begun. This is why and this is I'm making I got a point with this, so roll with me here. Um when you became a Christian, Jesus actually would have been even better. I'll read this another time. Anyways, I'll, I'll, reference, I'll reference this point later again, but another passage, Jesus, one of my well, really great story, Jesus, he's he's teaching, he's talking, and this guy, he comes up to him in the middle of the night. He's this, he's this religious teacher guy, and he comes up to him, and he says, Jesus, like how, how do I have eternal life? And he says, you must be born again. Guys, like, how do I do that? Do I just like crawl up back in my mommy's tummy and, and, yeah, and just chill and, there yeah. and then just come back out again? He was like, no, it's not through a physical rebirth, but a spiritual rebirth. So when you chose to be a Christian, you were born, it was, you were born spiritually, you were born again. So if you are, I want you to view your life. This is a very humbling way to view your life right now. If you, let's say you were a Christian, you became a Christian yesterday and you're just listening now this for the first time and someone sent this to you and go, hey, you became a Christian, you should listen to this series. Boom. It's for you. You're one day old. You're a new, you're a new baby. Like
1: you're just getting started, just
0: getting started. I want you to think back and reflect on the idea of babies, little babies, little toddlers, little ones, youngins. What do you learn to do first? Do you learn to talk or do you learn to read? You learn to talk first. Before you even actually pronounce language, before you even make, put words together, you learn to use your voice through sounds or whatever you can conjure up. You, something comes out of you that you learn how to communicate what you need to your parents, to your father to your mother you communicate what you need to them and it's the same is true for prayer prayer is like you are that child who is learning to communicate what you need to your heavenly father Yep. Mm. that's
1: good that's good
0: So, now that we've kind of gone over this idea of what prayer is and the importance of prayer, we've talked about why should I pray. So, prayer, kind of keeping things back up to speed, prayer is talking to God. And the second most important thing, the second step you should be taking as a new Christian is understanding the importance, the need... I should rephrase it to be the need, the need for prayer. I like that better. That sounds simpler because this whole series is about simply, you know, we're listening to the simply, simply not the complicatedly, the the complex love Jesus, the complicated love of Jesus is the simply love Jesus podcast. It's all about simplicity. And this series hinges on that simplicity. Um, it's the reason why I'm sometimes, if you listen, if you've heard me before, I'm usually like, I'm gunning it. I'm just like talking like crazy and I, ideas are spitting out. And if you've listened over a while, you'll notice that in this series, I'm talking a little bit slower. Uh, and the reason being is because like my brain is firing off like a million, I, million thoughts at once because I'm constantly correcting myself because there's these things that I want to say, like these phrases. Um, like, you know, you know, you know, talking about the word of God and you're going to believe you're a new creation man. welcome to the family of God. Welcome all these things that I want to talk about. But I correct myself because if you're really a new Christian, especially in this generation, those that Christianese language, there's all these terms and things that we are totally unaware of that to a new Christian just sounds foreign and a little weird. Right. Yeah. And eventually we're going to reintroduce those things, but I want to reintroduce them at their proper time. I want to meet you where you're at, right? which was kind of where we started last week where he we said, Hey, you know, to you, who is Jesus? And to you you're like, I, do, I still don't know how I feel about Jesus. I just know I made a decision and I don't even know how I feel about it. That's okay. Like, I just want you to know where you are and also to know where you want to be you know, same with this. It's, you know, I want, I want to meet you where you're at. So i talk a little bit slower because I'm constantly correcting myself and think, okay, I'm pulling away all of the Christianized words, all of the, the language and the, and the phrases and the insider language, so to speak of these, of these Christian things that we say and to try to just make it as simple as possible. So I say all that to say the second step, for you, becoming a Christian is to understand the need for prayer. The need for prayer. And so we talked about what is prayer, right? Prayer is talking to God. Why should I pray? You should pray because without God involved in your thoughts, without God involved in your, in your life, without having this communication with God, you don't really have that much of a relationship. And especially in times of crisis, in times of hardship, If you're not praying, you're not involving God in that area of your life, and you're just left to figuring it out yourself and your own strength, and you're going to fail yourself every single time. And even if you don't feel it for yourself right now, eventually you will. Uh, So why why else should I pray? Because you are—and this is now we're going to introduce some theology. Theology, if you don't know, the word theology means the study of God. Uh, theology is these things that we develop, things that we believe. I believe theology is so important because merely changing the way you think can change the way you live. Mm-hmm. That's why theology is important. That's why you know, I kind of I, I disagree heavily with people who are just like, you know, well, it doesn't really matter if they believe this or they believe that. Or I'm like, yeah, it kind of does because it really can change the way you live. Yeah. Um, now there are a lot of things that are just not important issues. They're not worth you know making enemies over. But it is important to know why you believe and know what you believe uh, because that can, there are so many implications that will just change the way that you live. So theology is the study of God. And so we're going to introduce some theology in this episode right here by helping you understand that when you chose to become a Christian, it was like a spiritual version of you. you were born. It's a spiritual version of your birth. Like mm-hmm. Jesus was the surgeon who removed you know, I don't we're gonna find all these ways of like you'll know, figure it out. Uh and the water you know the waters of baptism if you haven't been baptized like that was it's like also something super important that jesus commands all of us to do is to be baptized because it's there's something spiritual that happens there something literally just happens in those in those waters where you go into the water and you know people they kind of dunk you in some water and they pull you back up and it may look silly but man there's something spiritually powerful that happens right there because it's a reflection of that birth when you're when you're when Mommy is in the pregnancy stage, and without getting super scientific and overthinking it and stuff like that, what is that kid surrounded by in the mommy's tummy water that kid's born, you know obviously it's like fluids and other weird gunk and whatever, but like the basic concept that they would have had back then is just it's like it's water, it's this watery substance, and in the same way when you're baptized, you are imitating that birth and you go into the water leaving your old life behind, out of the water to live a new life with Jesus. You are a new person, and you have to learn that dependence. You're in this very dependent stage right now where you need your father. So how do you communicate with them? Like a baby would. you try trying making sounds what you're learning language you're, you're trying to make words but your father this is and man we're gonna i'm gonna keep writing this whole baby wave oh <laughs> which mm. that's a weird that just evoked a really weird image yeah, <laughs> I, that. I don't want to think about writing a baby wave but whatever yeah. um i just thought like a surfboard dude and it's just like a bunch of babies eh! and like one guy's like y'all what's up dude dread the nar. he's <laughs> just i don't know uh it's beautiful how your mind works Hi, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> it's something so <laughs> forgive me people I've sinned against God oh, you no. are forgiven that's what he's here for so anyways going with this train of thought with this idea of being born again what's so beautiful is <laughs> actually it even talks about this in later in Romans but I'm not going to quote the passage but just know this is also in scripture um, even when you don't know what to say God knows what you need mm-hmm It's all about the heart of the... It's the heart issue. That's also something that you'll see all throughout scripture. The whole point was getting back to the heart. The heart of the problem. Taking the time to even just think and just be present with God. Even if you don't know what to say, God knows what you need. It's all about developing that relationship, that balance, where you have a good Father who loves you, who knows what you need, wants to do life with you and there's this in a healthy fatherly relationship you both love your father you have this very healthy fear of your father Um, you have this respect and this reverence for your father Um, there's a friendship there there's a lot of you know that's in a that's in a healthy fatherly relationship and god is the perfect healthiest fatherly relationship you'll ever have um so why should i pray because you got to be dependent on God. You're a new little baby mm-hmm. and you got to be dependent on your father. So that's why you should pray. Now let's talk about how do I pray? Jesus actually talks a lot about this. And that's why I want Jordan to talk a lot about this. Cause this was something that he thinks about. You were just talking about earlier. earlier. Um, you know, how should you pray? What does your mind go to?
1: Yeah. The Lord's prayer. Yeah. The Lord's prayer as literally a blueprint on how to pray. Yeah. Like he, he kinda gives you out. Yeah. Um you know where it is in scripture, right? Yeah. He's pulling it right up. He's like the search bar in the in the U version Bible app. Here we are. So Matthew chapter six.
0: I'm gonna start in first vi in verse five to give some context here. It's really cool what Jesus says. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners. And in the synagogues where everyone can see them. So understand when when you're reading the, when you're reading the Bible, like Jesus, he's talking about. He's not just like saying vague things for people two thousand years later, right? I mean, that applies to us, but he's actually talking about very specific examples in their time and day. So he's he's literally calling people out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be like the hypocrites. There were hypocrites, people in their day, who would pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone could see them. Everyone could see how spiritual they are. So I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Ooh, that'll challenge you. And
1: also a good point thing to point out here is like when he says don't pray, he's not saying don't pray publicly. That's not at all what he's he's saying. He's saying it's about your intention. Like are you praying specifically for other
0: people to be like, dang, this guy's praying. This guy loves Jesus. Don't be like the hypocrites. Exactly, yeah. The P- and what is a hypocrite? It's a person who says one thing and does another. So these hypocrites who pray publicly in street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them, if they're hypocrites, that means that they are doing one thing and they're not and something they're doesn't they're not following, they're not following through. So what it means is he's saying that these people they straight pray in the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them, but in their personal life they don't actually mean it. They don't actually pray. They don't actually care about that relationship. They just care about what other people think of them. Again, going back to that selfish nature. He says, I tell you the, I'll tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. Verse 6, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. I mean, sidebar, I feel like this kind of calls out some Christians as well, but that's, you know, that's a hot topic. I think both do. (laughs) Um, They both do, yes, but that one specifically. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him, which is crazy, but he still tells us to pray. Verse 9, here we go. Pray like this. And then we're going to talk about why this is actually really significant for their day and time. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Uh, Would you actually do me a favor and read the the OJ OG you know no, actually King te- James version technically it's not the OG but the you know the English the, OG the o- the English OG actually it's even it's not even the English OG either um but it's whatever um uh, so the very famous one that English speakers know I just I love the poeticness of the King yeah James it did version. sound a little bit different from um... yeah so read for us the King James version one all right which
1: book in Matthew
0: uh, it's Matthew chapter six. It is chapter six. That's yeah. right. Okay, Matthew it's six right verse before. nine. So uh, the reason I love uh, so you know the the King James version has a lot of controversy around it, mainly because there those who typically read the King James regularly, there's like a whole sect of Christianity that's all about like King James onlyists, and they're like these fundamentalist people who like really I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anything to be graceful, but this has been a long-standing tradition. That when people recite this prayer they've heard it like this uh through this king james version i personally love the king james bible just because it's it's so po- it's, a, it's a more of an artistic preference like i just love the poetry behind it and i'm very in tune with those old school words and stuff like that but anyways yeah here's the the king james version that is very well known that i still think people should just know this version our father who art in heaven
1: hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen,
0: amen. boom yeah so this is why we want we want to highlight this passage right here Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 9 we read it before but one thing that a lot of people may not know is uh, that that prayer right there is a great model for how we should pray. And a lot of people, they focus so much on that word-for-word word verbatim, um, that word-for-word word praying, that exactly like you, that, those words. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily Jesus' point. There was kind of a point in how he structured it. But what more of his point was is how it would have landed with the people. And that prayer would have landed very... Borderline controversial because prior to this, they, they, Jews held God with incredible amounts of reverence, rightfully so. Like he's, you know, a big, powerful dude. And for all of the Old Testament, for thousands of years before, the prophets were constantly trying to reiterate the point that God wanted a relationship, God wants their heart, and they just kept giving them their their good works. God wanted the heart of the matter, not what they do. He wanted their heart and let their heart then transform what they do. So you're not saved by what you do. You're saved by who you believe in, but who you believe in will change what you do. So that was a big theme that the prophets were trying to get them to understand. So Jesus comes on the scene and they're still, they still have this very reverent focused prayer. That's almost, almost, but not quite almost reflective of just what every other world religion would do. Um, At the time, that's what would have been happened, but, but it was a little bit different because Judaism was different how it viewed prayer. What's important, though, is that first, the first two words in that prayer, which would have floored everyone. Our Father. That, that, so, the idea that you would call God, Dad. Like we have the word father in here because of you know, a lot of it is for tradition, and it's a it's a good proper word. Uh, but the, the the phrase it was it was mixed because we view the word father as very formal, very proper. Right. Back then, that word father was well, we would say dad, uh-huh. still kind of formal, but there's a lot more relationship there. Uh, behind that word and i guess we think
1: about the old testament well the word lord is used a lot more in the old it was testament the word, it was yeah
0: lord uh because they actually wouldn't use technically yahweh is not how you pronounce god's name um technically god's name is the sound of breathing um because the so the word so y-h-w-h those are the letters that actually spell god's name um and those are consonants and uh, in the Hebrew, this, this may, name is made up of consonants, and the word is the yuh and huay. Uh, and those those phrases, scholars believe that it imitates the sound of breathing. It's the and wow. which is great because it, it follows the theme <laughs> that he's literally the breath, the breath life of and life. Yeah, breath wow. life. He breathed the name of God, like the breath of life, and that's why his name is the breath. So you technically can't pronounce his name. However um later on the, the they always referred to god as the lord because uh the whole do not use the lord's name in vain they took that so literally that they literally aren't to this day jews do not write god they write lord or whatever you'll never see a jew write you know technically in, technically incorrect but either way a lot of people today would say yahweh um mm-hmm. they would never say that because it was so holy his name is so holy that you never say it. So that's why we have the Lord or we say God is it stems from that. So anyways, Jesus comes on the scene though. And instead of Lord King, whatever he says, dad, the the translation says father, but that's what the, you know, it's this mixture of equivalent. He would have just said dad, our dad in heaven. Hmm. Uh, And there's a mixture there because it's, you know, different meanings back then. It would still be father. But you know what I'm trying to get at? Because there's this mix there. There's a reverence. But he, Jesus, focused on that intimacy, that intimate relationship. Our father, our dad in heaven. Our father in heaven. Like, that would have floored. But I just, like, that's what I really want to focus on right there. It's like, man, that's how you should pray. You pray to him. And and this is really difficult because there may be a lot of people listening to this who don't have positive relationships with their dads. Mm. There may be a lot of people here who do not have a positive relationship with your dad. Your dad may not even be in the picture. Your dad just may be cold or distant or whatever. But I want you to imagine with me, if you will, we're going to kind of go on a little bit of a journey. I want you to imagine with me, if you will. Um, and this may be hard for some of you. But what do you wish your relationship with your dad was like? Do you wish that you could just go to him with anything? I mean, imagine you're having a really hard time. Imagine you, school was really hard and you go home and instead of just locking yourself in your room and watching TikTok or YouTube and or playing video games and just drowning out the problems of the world instead of calling your friends, what if the first thing that you did is you just sat down on the couch and you cried and you told your dad how crappy your day was? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who even hearing that, like it just hurts even hearing and trying to think about that. When you think about like, what do you wish your relationship with your dad was like? If you're really honest with yourself, that is the relationship that God can have with you. God wants to be, have an intimate fatherly relationship with you. And you know, for a lot of people, Christians ins- included, like, if I'm being totally transparent and raw and authentic, myself included, like, <laughs> when it comes to like me and my relationship with my heavenly Father, I've got daddy issues, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I There are plenty of issues I I have that I have trust <laughs> issues. I struggle to trust in God, you know, all this stuff. But in my most sober thoughts, in my most sober moments, I, you know, I ask myself, you know, what? What do I wish my relationship with my dad was like? And that's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants to have, or not Jesus, um, but our Father, mm-hmm. God the Father, wants to have with you. And that's a whole other, and I, the reason I corrected myself, it's a whole other conversation we're going to get to another day when we really dive into the whole Trinity thing. Uh, but for another day, for another day when we talk more about theology and stuff. So going back to this, how should we pray? Everything that he emphasizes here is there's a lot of things he emphasizes to start with, you know, our father. There's that intimacy in heaven. May your name be kept holy. There's that reverence there. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's this desire and the recognition that the world that you live in sucks. And one day the hope is 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 praying and desiring for when Jesus returns so that it can be made right. So, give us the food that we need today. There's this this kind of petition. There's this thing that like you're trusting God to provide for your needs. Interestingly enough, okay, so uh, I don't remember where I heard this, um, but I think it's too good of a point to not make. I don't remember where I heard it. Unfortunately, it was from a sermon from someone I don't remember who it was, but they pointed out why is it that it doesn't say, "Give me my daily bread." That's often the, the, or give me the food that I need today. A lot of like times, us, yeah. yeah, give us. And the point that they made, I don't remember who it was. I'm so sorry. So if you know, please message us on Instagram and let me know. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful point And I just, it wrecked me when I heard it. And I can't remember. I, don't, I hate that. I can't remember who it was. They posed the question, why is it not I? And a lot of times, and this is why it's interesting, is because we often think that. When we read this prayer, we think I, but it doesn't say I, it says us, give us the food we need, forgive us our sins. Why is it not I? Why not, why not give me my daily bread? Well, what if you already have your daily bread? All right, what? You know who may not? Your neighbor. (laughs) Your neighbor may not because it's not just about you. It's about God wants to work through you to serve and to love and to be generous and to support your neighbor, those everyone around you. It's not just my Father in heaven. It's our Father in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. As we have forgiven those who have sinned against us, do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So it's this prayer against temptation, prayer that your day. So that's a good basic outline. It's just, it's the basic, you know, basic building blocks of it is this intimacy and, and with this, this intimate relationship with God. And yet also balancing that with this praying that God's name would be kept holy, that he'd be recognizing his reverence. Uh, There's this, this, this basic, Hey, you know, help me with what I need today so that I can go and then help others. Help me to forgive those who have wronged against me so I can go and forgive others. And protect me from my selfish nature. So And protect me from the one who wants to tempt me with that selfish nature. That's kind of your basic building blocks. Uh, What do you think, Jordan? It's a good way to look at it. I mean, I didn't
1: really consider the whole Our Daily Bread thing as like a community. Mm. But I think you could also look at it like God through me give someone else their daily bread. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, cause you could be like, yeah, like you said, I have everything I need right now. Like, I I already got what's good for me, but you know, that's where you kind of take it into that community. Like, you know, when you're serving Jesus, you have that relationship with Jesus. You also have that desire, should have that desire to also serve others and give someone else what they need. Mm. So I thought that was really, really powerful. Um, I like how that. What translation are you reading out of? NLT. NLT says, "Deliver us from the evil one," not just "deliver us from evil." It's yeah. like there is actually an evil entity, yeah, which is sin that you need to deliver us yeah. from. And like really solidifying that, mm. you know, that there is clarity in like, you know, temptation and evil are kind of used as you know interchangeable. There, yeah. like, don't give us to temptation. Like, I'm gonna be tempted, but you know, allow me to discern that this temptation is evil and get me away from that, like yeah, save okay. me, yeah. basically. And really having that clarity of like, you know, what's morally right and what's morally wrong. And I want to be on the right side. I want to be on Jesus's side.
0: Yeah. Well, and so now the question is, you know, when should I pray? What do you think? Uh, when
1: shouldn't you pray? <laughs> you know, <laughs> good, good like, point. honestly, yeah. like it's, And it it doesn't have to be, like, ritualistic. I really don't think it has to be ritualistic, like, where you, you know, you got to, like, bow your head. You got to have your eyes closed. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, my mom would always pray, uh, like, driving me and my brother to school, you know. Obviously, she's not going to close her eyes while driving, right? (laughs) Because it's, like, you're driving. And you could do the same thing while you're driving, while you're just, like, laying in bed, like, about to fall asleep. But you can't fall asleep pray Mm. you're about to go face a very difficult situation pray you're literally about to just go have a conversation with someone you don't know how it's going to turn out pray Mm. beforehand pray after you know even in your mind like pray during sometimes like you know it's just so it's so easy to do
0: yeah and it's also
1: so difficult to to want to do because you think like oh yeah you know so how, how many times have you said like i'll pray for you i'll pray for you about that And then you don't actually like go back and pray it's very easy to think that oh yeah I was just thinking about like thoughts and prayers there's a big difference between a thought and a prayer a prayer is intentionally reaching out to Jesus whereas the thought is just it could be anything that crosses your mind
0: yeah and by the way if you ever want to challenge yourself to not just be that person who goes and thinks about it but prays for that person right then and there on our website you can buy how can I pray for you t-shirt and
1: guess Um. what Caleb, you're wearing
0: that I shirt right, right now. Right <laughs> now. Wow. <laughs> shameless plug. Great conversation okay. starter. Shamele- Outstanding. Shameless plug. Um, no, I love everything <laughs> that you just said, man. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is, um, you know, when I was in eighth grade, I actually chose in my personal prayers to actually stop saying amen. Interesting. And the the reason for that is, I think I got this from my middle school youth pastor, but the reason I stop saying Amen in my personal prayers is oftentimes when we say Amen, Amen doesn't mean I'm done praying, but we treat it like that. Mm-hmm. Amen means let it be so. Just, yeah, like, whew, like I'm trying to think of a, of a modern equivalent. Like when we say like, uh, I'm trying to think like, like see you later. Not no, even not, not even seeing later. It's just like you know someone tells you dude i'm going to the i'm i'm applying for a new job today man dude i hope you get it dude i bet that's you're gonna awesome. get it dude that's so cool like dude i'm hoping you get it like dude that's like that kind of that energy that attitude that like dude i'm like i'm really hoping you get like heck yeah i really hope it happens that's the that's, that's what, what amen really that's means. what amen means yeah. yeah so amen is let it be so uh and so to challenge that i i often viewed amen as like i'm hanging up the phone so i just decided to not hang up the phone so i just i don't say amen so I'm kind of putting myself in this mental state that I'm never done praying. I'm God is always active in my thoughts, uh, and that's been really helpful for me. Uh, I I don't know about you. I mean, I've I've read the Bible cover to cover, like. Now at this point in my life, probably like twelve or thirteen times. But when I was in high school, I had read it just in high school. I had read it seven times, cover to cover. Uh, and even though I'd read the Bible a lot, like even. But today I say all that to say, like don't don't be impressed because I still to this day struggle to read my Bible every day. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but for me, like I may struggle to read my Bible every day. I have never struggled with prayer. Like I pray all the time mm-hmm. when I'm in the car. When I'm at home, when I'm stressed, I'm literally always in conversation with God. Um, And I'm not, you know, I would totally encourage that you do your best to do that. But if you want to start with something simple, uh, start with going to bed. When you go to bed, every night before you go to bed, pray. Uh, It's really funny when i was younger there was this big stereotype growing up where you would have these prayers where it was um what it was that prayer and I, I never personally prayed it but lay the, me down
1: to sleep yeah haunt. actually actually uh, tim hawkins has a stand up about that he does that. That, that's that. what i remember that's right? what More i do remember too from. yeah
0: um, now I lay me down to sleep. yeah, it's the there's this uh this prayer that was kind of like this nighttime prayer that kind of developed out of like the, I think the 18th century, oh, really? and it was this uh this classic like children's prayer, which was, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. so uh which is you know, take that as you will, but Where's my phone. Oh, Aaron Collier, man, I miss you, dude, I miss you. I miss you, my dude. Recording a podcast right now. Wish you was here. Heart emoji. Okay. Um, so Aaron used to be the co-host of the Simply Love Jesus podcast. Oh, what do you know? When, we, when it first started.
1: Shout out to Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, is, he is my best friend. But no, friend. it looks like there's another version where they add another line to that prayer. If I should live for other days, I pray thee, Lord, to guide my ways. See, you know, you get even more Dr. Seuss rhymes out there. Dude, I was there, gonna right? say not, not only <laughs> you got
0: some creepy, print, you can spin some bars too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, here, but here's the thing though: we people got away from that, especially in the early 2000s. Um, they got away from that because it just felt one, a little creepy. Um, but two, it was part of this huge movement in the early 2000s, late 1990s. Uh, this big movement to um, so. It was part of this big movement in the late 90s, early 2000s, just mostly through the 90s. But it was this big movement to push against the legalism and the uh, tr- all the legalism and the moralism within the church. And so that was kind of part of this thing. So it was part of the, just this routine. They wanted to get you out of the routine of just this faith that you actually aren't personally attached to. Um, and this is just kind of the way the life works. Life always works in pendulum swings. Um, you can see it in politics. You can see it in whatever. You know, you go from you go from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Like, you go in these pendulum swings. Um, and the way that life and and faith work very similar as well, um, especially the evolution of of Christianity and, and theology and stuff like that. Um, you often see these movements that kind of work in that same pendulum swing. It was this big it's you know be now became this tradition and now we swung the opposite way oh it's all about relationship yes like whatever um there uh and but now we've gone almost too far in this other side that we've neglected the other side you want to find balance um there's a series you can listen to earlier in our archives called uh taking back religion and you can learn more about that there but where i talk more about this balance thing and stuff like that so the point is we stepped away from this whole nightly prayer, Lord, you know, lay me down to sleep, take my Lord, my, my soul to keep stuff like that. But in doing so, I think we lost the beauty of what happens when, if every single night and every morning you wake up, you start your day and you end your day with prayer. And that's what the Jews would do every, you know, three times a day, they would pray Deuteronomy six, four through nine. And they would pray that passage. And, you know, that's the origin of love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They would pray this, long, this passage and the surrounding verses around it three times a day. You know, I really think I actually started doing it this past month. I decided every night before I go to bed, I'm going to pray for people. And man, has my, my, it's just really changed my attitude. It's changed my heart a lot. It's changed my attitude towards other people. Uh, I really encourage it when you get up and when you go to bed. If you're not a big prayer person, just start with that. When you get up, when you go to bed, just pray those two Yeah, times. just to get yourself into that routine. Yeah, get yourself into that routine. Get yourself into that rhythm. And But if you want to take it a step further, I would encourage you in your personal prayers to don't say amen. You know? Just try to make it where everything you do is in prayer. You're always trying to invite God into those thoughts and into those ideas. And then also, you know, while those personal intimate prayers are also important, there is those, these moments. And if you've ever been up and you, in the future, you'll be a part of them at some point in your life. But there is something that is, I think, so special when you have that more sacred moment when all these believers just come in the same place and everyone like bows their head, they close their eyes and there's just this big kind of corporate prayer. Mm -hmm. Some of those moments, I just feel like they're just so reverent and holy. Um, So don't neglect both. There's not one is better than, don't think of it as one is better than the other. Prayer is prayer. We need prayer. And so yeah, the second step for you, just to kind of wrap it all up. Any final thoughts, uh, Jordan, before I close this out? I think, um, you know, obviously we covered a lot
1: in this one episode specifically about prayer, um, which goes to show how important it is. It is why you need Um, prayer. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you can know so much about prayer, but the real... I would encourage you to pray right after this episode, yeah. too. Like, you know, whatever it is you're going to next. Like, if you're listening to this while you're on your way to an event or work or something, yeah. like, just pray right before you get there. Like, the the more important thing is not knowing about prayer and knowing, like... It's obviously, yes, forget that. No, it is important to know about prayer. But if you're just going to listen to this episode and not actually you know do that thing where you pray in the morning pray before you go to bed and like just really mm. keep that going even keep a journal yeah, or something to like say oh yeah no I, I forgot to pray that morning that's okay i'll do it tonight and hold yourself accountable too like because that, that's important to do like if you, when you're in that baby stage you know you're just learning to pray how do you communicate with god and uh so it's important to do both and really keep track of the process and uh that's very important
0: in your journey too uh really growing in your relationship with jesus yeah well as we get ready to close out first before i forget i want to thank chill hop music because they provide all of our thick beats and uh hope you've enjoyed them throughout the podcast and so they just they just asked that we give them some shout outs so thank you Hop for letting us use your music but you know thank you so much for tuning in today and this is a longer episode than we usually go for but that's okay like this series is just so important it's all about you like where you're at so i think it's okay that we can have these longer episodes for these because it's really just sitting down and chatting with you Uh, and i really hope you enjoy it i uh, you can be a major encouragement to all of us at the simply love jesus team by just sharing this episode and well i'll scratch that share this series with one person especially if it's another person that just became a Christian like that's where you can be a major encouragement to us. Uh, speaking of, you know, simply love Jesus stuff. Uh, we're so close to getting fully funded for the simply love Jesus book and you can be part of that process to make it go further, faster, help it reach millions of people by just donating and helping us uh, put in money towards that fund to really make this reach go far and wide to help reach young adults all across the nation. Um, and if you're listening through iTunes, make sure you leave a five-star review and so that other people can discover this episode and leave a review. Let us know what you think. I mean, oh, YouTube, obviously. Hello. Uh, if you thought this episode was way too long and you want something a whole lot shorter, I got some good news for you. We have a YouTube channel. And... It, on that YouTube channel, it's literally all the content that we talk about, but it's just broken down to a lot shorter. Um, I like the idea of podcasts being longer because it feels like this more ongoing conversation. But the YouTube, like it's it's YouTube, it's designed for this short, shorter kind of content, video content. And so, yeah, go subscribe to our YouTube channel and go engage with all the stuff we talked about on there. There's stuff on there that we haven't even talked about on here. Um, there's things we've talked about in the past, but especially for this new series, it's, it's a great resource to send to people who have shorter attention spans. <laughs> and so, yeah, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can, you know, everything else, just stay in touch with our social media. Um, but that being said, thank you so much for tuning in today, and I think there's no better way to end this episode on prayer and the importance of prayer than by any it in prayer. <laughs> yep, so, you're right. You wanna do? You wanna start us, and I'll close us. Sounds like a plan. Sweet, let's do this. If you're not driving, bow your head and close your eyes. Uh, <laughs> if you are driving, please don't do that. I don't want to be held liable for what happens to you. And we're not liable, but please don't do it either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're not liable. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> Father God, thank you for uh, thank you for giving Caleb and I this this opportunity to come together and and record this episode really dive deep and talk about, um, the importance of being able to come to you in prayer in every aspect of our lives, the importance of doing it, how to do it. And, uh, I pray for everyone that's listening to this episode right now that you've gotten this far. And, uh, Lord God, I pray that, um, that our words and our conversations that, um, you know, really glorify you and, um, really help everyone who's listening to this as you go through your journey as everybody goes through their journey of um really getting to know you and growing in their faith and we thank you and we love you for everything that you do god we
0: we are just so thankful father you are so good to us and we are thankful for your love and your grace and your mercy and even in this series you know last week we talked about how the they're if they're a new child of god they're a new child of god they're new to the family the first thing they should be doing is asking themselves who is jesus who is your son how important is jesus to them and from that once they've answered that it's so important god that we build a relationship with you and so that is why that the second step the second most important thing that they should, that someone should be doing when they're a new Christian is knowing and understanding the need for prayer, the need to talk to you and have conversation with you and build a relationship with you and just and build that dependence. Like we are all new children being dependent on our parents. God, may we be dependent on you, our heavenly father. You are God. You are our Father. We are so thankful for you. We thank you for everyone who's been listening to this podcast, who's been staying engaged. And we're grateful for the the encouragers, the Simply Love Jesus encouragers, those who have chosen to financially support this organization. Uh, We ask you bless them and others who would like to join that team and become an encourager. That They would be part of our Simply Love Jesus team by supporting us. Uh, We're just thankful for them. We're thankful for all you've given us and just the opportunity to teach others what it means to simply love Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen.